Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report. Thanks for joining me on this week in review. We're going to go over the stock market in many different layers. We're going to start with a discussion about our day trading posture and how we take the risk monitor reg signal we have, which is our big picture uh, investing process, and marry it with OPEX week and what it means for how we're going to trade. I'll walk you through um, exactly how we're going to be trading the indexes by looking at some of the trades from the last week and how we're going to capture them again um, next week. Then we're going to dive into a discussion that I think is very important right now, which is, are we seeing the beginning of a bear market or is this rotation into cyclicals going to last and really create alpha all year long? Okay, so I'm going to try to answer that question, and I think it's going to take weeks to, to, to figure out the answer, but we're going to go over some of the details. And then, of course, we're going to drill down into what are the top names on our whiteboard to either trade or buy for next week to invest. Okay, so depending on how things play out, these will be the top names we'll be looking at on the Armored Trading Desk to, um, to invest in. And, of course, I'll take your questions. So, as always, I'm Brett Rosenthal. This is about stock market investing. I'm sharing with you the Armour Investing Way, which is a three-stage process. We do all of our fundamental research. We put it on a whiteboard. We don't put it in our portfolio. It goes on the whiteboard. We use algorithms to determine when to buy or sell a stock, when to get long the whole market and get aggressive with risk, and when to be in a high-risk-off state and carry a lot of cash. And, of course, we use our stop losses to protect ourselves. Um, because in all, we, we understand from a humility standpoint, we're never going to know the true direction of the market. Only in retrospect do we see it. Everybody out there has got an opinion, okay? We do too. But at the end of the day, if you don't protect yourself with the sound use of stop losses married with the correct location for making an investment, well, then you wake up like Kathy Wood, and nobody wants to do that, okay? So, as always, I'm sharing my own personal journey what I've learned over 30 years of doing this, you have to do your own due diligence, as always, um, figure out your own risk tolerance before you decide to make any investments. So uh, let's dive in. Don't forget, you can subscribe right down here to the YouTube channel. Hit the like button if you find this uh, um, conversation worthwhile. What I am going to try to do on this uh, um, live stream and every one we do going forward is simply lay out for you cause and effect, right? This is the information that we believe will make money or protect capital. Here's how to use it. So we're going to go step by step following that path instead of getting lost in the weeds, which I think happens a lot uh, on these YouTube shows. All right, so let's dive right in. Of course, at the end, I'll do uh, some Q&A, so feel free to fill up that board with questions, and we'll go over them one at a time. Um, so Step one, let's, this is, by the way, the Armour website. You can always subscribe to the free version of the Armour Report, um, which uh, we update with emails every day based on our approach for the day's trading. All right, so first thing we're looking at here um, is the NASDAQ 100. It's in the uptrend. It's at the very bottom of the uptrend. So what's the piece of information that I want to share with you first? We have a risk monitor red situation. That's what this red denotes, Okay. And we went right down to the bottom of the channel and then had that rescue at the end of the day yesterday. This is the S&P. We're going to get into this step by step. 
um, when we're discussing whether or not we're looking at rotation or we're looking at the beginning of a bear market. But again, you'll see um, a couple of these risk monitor red situations most recently right here on the S&P. And we've traveled down towards the uptrend line. So right now what I'm going to do is show you how we trade on the Armour Report live trading desk. Every day we come in, we look to trade the indexes. We use spot gamma information to do it. And so when the risk monitor is red, that tells us we're in a risk-off situation. But that does not change the way we day trade. We're going to day trade long or short no matter what the risk monitor says. So that's the first piece of information you want to know. The risk monitor is red. What's the risk monitor? If you're new to this, we have seven algorithms built for the indexes the top seven indexes we follow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow, small cap index, and then, of course, uh, the IBD 50, which are innovator stocks, the momentum index, and the value index. Those seven indexes drive all of our risk decisions. And we look for confluence across those seven for our bigger picture investing processes, right? What Risk Monitor tells us from a day trading standpoint when it's red is that we're going to get long and short opportunities. When it's green, we basically just go long. We don't look for shorts at all. Really, even when it's yellow. We only look for shorts occasionally when the risk monitor is red. Next week is options expiration. Typically, on an OPEX week, we get the classic mean reversion trade. So even though the risk monitor is red, there's mean reversion. That means that the largest gamma strikes will be a magnet for the market all week. And the best trades will be movement away from the mean that sets up a reversal back to the mean. I'm going to show you what I mean right here. So for next week, there is absolutely no excuse for missing a trade like this. And I'm going to say, I'm going to just show you, um, this is the S&P. So what we have here is a chart of the S&P 500, and SPY is what we use to trade it, okay? Um, every tick is three minutes. Every um, um, bar you see is three minutes. Obviously, the up bars are blue. The down bars are red. All the lines on the chart, with the exception of the purple dashed lines, are part of an armor algorithm we use to day trade called the Armor Price Movement Profile, the PMP. So first of all, what we do is we use spot gamma locations and armor PMP locations to determine when we want to look for a trade. When we get a reversal off of that location, that's when we want to put money to work. It takes a singular focus to day trade correctly. It's hard to do if you're managing a whole portfolio, you're long a bunch of stocks, markets plummeting, you see losses in your portfolio, and then there's this pristine intraday buy signal. If you can't divorce yourself from the rest of your portfolio and just focus on the day trade, you're going to miss that trade. Because emotion gets in the way. You think, well, the market's going down. I don't want to put more money to work. So either you're a pure day trader and you just look for these opportunities and you can, you can create massive alpha doing that. 
You're 100% cash every day. You come in, you look for weakness away from the mean, which I like to call a crazy Ivan. Crazy Ivan, I, I created that term. It comes from uh, the movie uh, Hunt for Red October. And I've been talking about this for a couple of years now on YouTube, where a crazy Ivan to me, if you know the Hunt for Red October, the Russian captain of the submarine every hour on the half hour turns around and starts going backwards just to see who's behind him before turning back around and going in the direction he was in. Okay. So you can go watch the movie. It's a fun scene. And so in the stock market, a crazy Ivan is that the market is in an uptrend and then for no apparent reason for an hour, it just collapses right down to a, a perfect location, reverses and goes right back up to the mean. And what we want to do is capture that trade. So this is what we're talking about on the live trading desk. Okay. Market gaps down in the morning, immediately rallies. Okay, so there's no, there's no armor trade on the initial rally in the morning. There's many different ways to trade, everybody. So I'm not telling you how to do it. You might, you might capture that trade. But I'm just showing with, sharing with you a high probability entry point that we try to execute every single day on the armor trading desk. Some days we don't get it. And I'm going to tell you right now in a mea culpa moment that I did not trade this yesterday. So I try to keep it real and honest at the armor report. Okay? Not every day is perfect for me. I succumb, just like everybody else, to emotions or fatigue. We've had a great week, and it just gets tiring. It's a, it's a, it's a singular process when you're day trading. You have to be focused 100%, and you have to not allow emotions to get in the way of what you're doing. So I'm going to show you a trade that was the simplest trade of the week, the easiest trade of the week, and even I didn't take it. And so I share with you my success and my failure, right? Because I want to show you, A, what the setup is. They're so simple. And B, the way to do it and execute is to put blinders on and just trade the strategy. Never stop trading the strategy. It's a probability strategy. So it only works if you trade every entry point. You've got to capture the big up days because there are going to be some days where you lose money. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. This is a classic spot gamma setup that was so easy to target. It's hard to believe I didn't put the trade on. And I feel like talking to you is going to make sure I don't, I don't miss that trade again. But here's the situation. So the market sells off all morning. 130 it hits this spot gamma line right here, which was the put wall. Every single time you get to the put wall, you want to look to get a long trade on. Now, it doesn't work every day, okay? And so part of the hesitancy for me yesterday was to notice that right through here, the market came down, tested yesterday, crashed through it, and imploded, right? So not every day do you get a trade that holds a spot gamma location. Sometimes they fail. But statistically speaking, you put your trade on as close to the stop as possible, you capture huge successes, and you get out quickly on trades that fail. So you don't lose all this money. You just lose a little bit of money. Then you come in the next day, right? And you get this ideal setup right on the half an hour. Now, this is very important. Here's the information. Ready? Write it down. Time-weighted moving average, TWAPs. Um, excuse me, time-weighted average price, TWAPs. They're just as important as VWAPs, volume-weighted average price. 
You're going to see trades develop on the hour and on the half hour all the time, sometimes the quarter hour. Those are the best trades to take. Big institutions trade. They'll have a block of whatever amount of stock, and they say, I want to buy it every hour on the, on the quarter hour, every hour on the half hour. And the trades will go off, bang, bang, bang. This is why you'll see turns at those times all the time. Okay? So everything comes together for this trade at 1.30 yesterday afternoon. Market sells off all morning, touches the put wall. This is the armor um, right here. This line right here is the average true range of the day, average true range low. You can see that it was stepped up, which is a part of the armor algorithm that changes the ATR during the day. So it comes right to the ATR low, which touches the put wall, and then has this perfect three-bar reversal, bang, bang, bang. Selling's over. That three-bar reversal tells you the selling's over. You'll notice there was no three-bar rally all morning. Two bars, a couple up bars, then a down bar. Even this rally right here, okay? But when you get three bars in a row, which is in candlestick charting, three, three white soldiers, bang, 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 okay? Coming off of the put wall, it's a no-brainer to put a trade on right there. That stupid money right there, it's so easy. Now, I want to say it's easy. It's not a guarantee it's going to go up. The stop is tight. It goes below the put wall. The trade's over. The market's going to implode. Rallies off the put wall, and it goes right to the 50-day moving average. That's what the black dashed line is. And the next gamma location of the volatility trigger. So all you're doing is trading from the put wall to the volatility trigger. I can't tell you how many times that happens on our trading desk. We didn't capture that one. But we capture so many of those on the Armour Trading Desk. It's our favorite trade. We'll be doing that again next week. And we expect that to happen a lot because we're in a mean reversion week. So we're not looking for directional movement because of OPEX. We're looking for sell-offs in the morning to revert back to the mean, rallies in the morning to revert back to the mean. So long and short, looking for mean reversion. All right, now let's move on to... Um, Let's move on to the stock market and, and talking about this, what I think is most important discussion. Are we in a bear market or are we in a sector rotated market where we can outperform buying cyclical stocks all day long? All right. So are we in a bear market? You look at that chart pattern of the S&P and say, how could you say that? The market's in a serious uptrend and it hasn't broken the trend. All right. Well, it won't do you any good if I have this conversation with you after the market's collapsed. Right? So we need to have this conversation now so we're prepared to protect capital if the market goes into a bear market. I mean, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't make any sense to have this conversation after the market collapsed. So we have to talk about it now. Okay? What we're looking at on the cyclical stocks, and this is why, so let me, before I get there, let's go through our progressions. Here are the innovator stocks. This is a rising wedge. This is a classic bearish rising wedge in the, in the uh, innovative stocks. It, it doesn't get more obvious than that, okay? Double top in a rising wedge that imploded. Okay, that's the IBD 50. We already saw the innovator stocks collapsing from their peak in uh, February of last year, and they just keep getting crushed. There is no signs of life. 
So the first thing I want to share with you, the information I want to share with you is I've been doing this over 30 years. I have never seen leading technology stocks get destroyed and have it not lead to a bear market. I've never seen it. It doesn't mean it can't happen this time. Excuse me, I'm just saying to you, I've never seen it. I'm going to read and react. I'm willing to put money in cyclicals right now. And, hey, we're making money on the Armor trading desk. And on our Armor portfolios, we're up for the year. We're making money. Because all of our positions are focused on cyclicals. But I am asking myself this question, and I ask you to think about this. What does it mean that we're getting collapsing prices across the board? Right now, cyclicals go up. Because when a bear market gets started, the leaders get crushed first. Nobody believes it, so they hide in the value stocks. Okay? We can see that by looking at the value index. Okay? So the value stocks are blowing out. That's a clear representation of what's going on. Value is doing this, right, breaking out, and here's the momentum index. This is why we use these seven indexes as a guide to what's happening in the market. It's very clear. And you might want to write these indexes down because this, if you watch these seven indexes, you really don't have to watch anything else. I mean, the rest is just noise trying to get you off the bus and, and confuse you. The S&P, obviously the NASDAQ, the Dow, and the small cap index. Those are the big four. Value, momentum, and the IBD 50. It covers the total direction of the market. And you can start, you can see things shifting, okay? So what we have in momentum is another bearish rising wedge, breakout failure that's collapsed, and money is clearly rotating into value. So I ask you, how long will that last? I've been here before, and it, it's never lasted, okay? But it, will, it, it can last for a really nice swing trade. So the information I want to share with you and how to use it is that we're happy to go out there and position cyclical stocks. Hey, we're making money. But we're not deluded into believing that we can hold these cyclical stocks for the next 6 to 12 months because they're going to skyrocket. We are very cognizant of the fact that typically if the selling gets bad enough, margin calls start coming in, everything goes down at once. So when we put a position on that pops, what we want to do is either book some gains off the top and at the very least, raise our stop to break even. You don't want to lose money in your cyclical plays because you keep arguing your point and forcing your will on the market that cyclicals have to go up uh, when the rest of the market's plummeting. Okay? So let's go through some of our positions, and I want to share with you a couple of, of, of stock charts here. And I want to, I want to highlight for you what's What's similar about all of these chart patterns? Why are we making money in all of these names? Okay? Because this goes hand-in-hand hand with the right swing trading behavior. You've got to buy right. You know, they always say in the market, uh, you make your money when you buy it, not when you sell it. Okay? So I'm just going to show you some charts. These are companies that are in Armour portfolios right now. Okay? We already own these stocks. All right? So just uh, as an example... 
okay? We bought Exxon right here, okay? We're not buying it up here as it's running away. These are not momentum stocks, right? This is cyclical. This was a classic cup and handle. We're buying tight to the 50-day and the 200-day moving average. Our risk is limited. Our reward apparently is significant because we're also catching a 5.5% yield there. I'm not going to discuss with you, you know, the fact that these are oil stocks or, or whatever. These are all cyclical, all commodity type of stocks. What I want to share with you is the entry point, and this is the key, okay? Because so, the questions that we're going to talk about, you guys are going to share chart ideas. We're going to go over charts ideas in a minute or whatever's on your whiteboard, okay? We bought Williams right here, tight to the base, right on the 200-day, right? We've got a yield of something north of 6%. When was the right time to buy deer? Should I be buying it up here or should I be buying it right here, tight to the 200-day, deep in the base? Well, of course, what we did, we bought it right here. How about Caterpillar? Do I want to buy the stock if it's running away or do I want to own it right here, tight to the base, tight to the 200-day and the 50-day moving averages? Okay? You're starting to get the point, I think. In a rotation market, in a cyclical market, when we're seeing destruction all over the place, which I think is going to bleed into the rest of the market at some point, the worst thing we can do at this stage is to chase cyclical names. You have got to be disciplined in where you make your purchases in a market like this. This is the danger of individuals who started investing in 2020 when the Fed added massive amounts of liquidity during a pandemic. You didn't have to have any discipline at all. You could throw your money at anything, and it went up. And these people then thought, hey, I can run my own money. I, I, I mean, this is so simple. Why does everybody complain about how tough it is? The stock market is easy. Okay, that is not a normal market. And what it does is it builds in these terrible um, um, behaviors, which is to think you can chase things that are running. That will kill you over a long period of time in the stock market. You make your money when you buy it, not when you sell it. You've got to buy right. And in a market where the Fed is reducing liquidity and there's total destruction all around you, whenever you're making a new investment right now, you have got to look at your entry point and say, is this an emotional entry point because I want to own it? Or is this the right entry point where the stop is tight and I can capture alpha when it takes off or protect myself if I have to when the music stops? Okay? So, um, to me, the jury's still out. Just to wrap up this thought, the jury's out. I, I, obviously, we're making money in cyclical names. And let me just show you the, the pitfalls of... Um, of, of this market. So we make, we're making money in, in, in cyclical names. And I had a lot of pressure to go out there and buy some financial stocks. And so we had a couple of these on our list. Okay. JP Morgan had a nice looking chart pattern. Okay. You could have bought it right there at the green box. If you'd bought the green box, the worst thing that would happen to you on JP Morgan when they had the bad earnings announcement is that you'd be back to break even and you would not be cutting into your principal. That would have been the worst thing that happened. If you buy J.P. Morgan after it's gone up, 
in front of earnings, now you're losing, you're down 7% on a bad earnings announcement. Chasing JP Morgan after it gapped up put you at jeopardy. Buying JP Morgan tight to the base allows you to exit the position at break even. Now, I didn't buy it here and I didn't chase it here. I've yet to succumb to the, to the call of the sirens on the financial stocks. Okay? Morgan Stanley looked like a breakout. You can't chase breakouts in this market. Now, you're going to say to me, yeah, I caught, I caught some breakouts and they took off in cyclicals. And I say, take your good fortune and don't press your luck. Because in a market like this, this year, chasing breakouts is going to be very dangerous to your capital. Okay? And this is a perfect example. I mean, I thought Goldman Sachs was setting up. And, of course, Goldman got wrecked, too, with the bad J.P. Morgan number. We've got to buy tight to the base. If you bought Wells Fargo tight to the base, you're getting paid on it. The time to buy Wells Fargo is down here. Probably right here. And I would say you could buy an up day. You could buy that up day right there on JP on, on, on Wells Fargo. Not necessarily down here, but that up day when it popped up, breaking that little cup and handle breakout, you could have bought that day and you'd be getting paid on Wells Fargo. But you don't want to chase it here. Okay, so those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts for this morning. I'm going to just get to rapid fire. These are the top names on our whiteboard for investment next week. It's not a guarantee. If you want to know what we're doing, become a subscriber. Join us in the Slack room. We're sharing the information all day as it happens in the Slack room. Okay? You can go right down here and subscribe to the Armor Report, both the YouTube channel, but also the armorreport.com, our website, where we share this information and you become part of our Slack trading desk. Okay? So these are some of the names that are on the list that we might be executing next week. Please notice the chart patterns of each one because they're all going to have the same type of entry setup. So let's just rip through a handful of names here for you. Boeing's at the top of my list. I believe fundamentally all the bad news is in Boeing, in my opinion. So we're all we're going to get is some good news. And when it breaks that long-term downtrend, I'm going to want to be on Boeing. So now if we blow up this picture, the object is to get Boeing before it spikes, right? And ideally, if this was risk monitor green, I would have already owned Boeing because that little segment right there to me is really the entry point. Then it popped up last week on news that they might, they might, I stress the word, they might be able to start shipping back into China in the next few months. That was the story that put Boeing up for a couple of days. Okay. But Boeing really either right here or the, the day that it breaks that downtrend would be the last chance to buy Boeing. All right. We all know what Ford is doing just totally skyrocketing. What an animal. And there's the entry point on Ford right here. That's where Ford had to be bought. It's yet to go below the 50-day moving average. So you buy some Ford at the entry point. It pops to the fourth standard deviation above the 200-day. You book some profit. You raise your stop to the 50-day moving average, and you just let it run. That's, that's the armor investing way. All right? 
So my question to you is, how far behind can GM be? It's not like Ford's the only guy that's going to figure out, you know, how to, you know, use uh, uh, EVs to blow up their business. You know, obviously Ford is ahead of GM, but GM's going to get its slice. So you have this strength. This is the armor investing way. We look for strength. Then we look for, for consolidation of that strength. You might call it weakness, but this is not really weakness here. This is just a perfect reverse head and shoulder pattern on GM. The stock spiked on announcements of what they're going to do in the EV space. We never chase that type of hysteria. When it pulls back the test, the stays above the 50-day. There's your entry point right in here. The stop would be the 50-day. Honeywell. I go back and forth on this name, but it's the same strength, pullback, support at the 200-day moving average, and the 50, there's your green box. Somewhere in here it should be owned. An Armor Insider brought us this idea, and I love him for it. And this is why, um, you know, this is a, a side. I like to say that we're an army of analysts at the Armor Report. It's not just me. There are quality research analysts that are part of the Armor crew, if you will. And we all share this information during the day in the Slack room. And, and things that I would have totally missed, because I can't possibly trade everything, invest in everything, neither can you. Right? So having a tight community that understands the type of chart patterns we're looking for and the businesses we're going after, when we all pull on the same ore together, boy, it increases our ability to capture upside and protect capital exponentially. And here's an example of it. So um, one Armour Insider gave us this idea, Packer. He was 100% right, right in here. Okay? And the thing just skyrocketed, so I never got on Packer. I missed it. I wasn't willing to pay up for it, and the thing just keeps on going. So we had another discussion uh, just yesterday, and this stock is just a great idea because it makes the guts that go inside trucks, right? M-O-T-R. Whoops. M-E-M-T-O-R. Did I say M-O-T-R? M-T-O-R. <laughs> That's my mistake. All right? So here's the strength. Here's the weakness. Here's the bottoming structure. There's the entry point. That stock should be bought. The stock would be the low of this bar right here. You're buying tight to the base. It's a beautiful looking pattern. And it's kind of the same idea we already have in our portfolio now, which is MGA. Okay, we own MGA right in here. Now it's starting to step out. And we own VC in the portfolio. So these are companies that make the insides of the cars and the trucks that are on the road. You'll notice the same patterns. We're buying right. So now here's a couple of ideas on my watches. I really want to own, you know, um, Helmrich and Payne. I think that the drilling space is going to start to really heat up. And HP, it's not the same tight pattern that I'm looking for. These drilling stocks have been beat up, and so it's a little bit stranger, that pattern. But that's the entry point right here. The stop is, of course, the 50 or 200 day. There's your kind of quasi-double bottom. This was a gap down on earnings, and I think that's the last gap down on earnings. After listening to this conference call, this was a gap down because, really, they said they're going to be initiating. If you, um, if you don't know the drilling space, drilling stocks are kind of usually the last ones to catch up to an energy move. So if you've missed EMP stocks that have skyrocketed, 
if it's a real move, they're going to get to the drilling stocks and you can make a ton of money on drillers. And so what happens is you look at the rig count. The count starts to go up. It tells you the EMP guys are searching for more energy. When that starts to happen, a couple months down the road, you're going to start to see day rates going up, the day rates that the rig guys can charge to lease the rigs. Right? When that starts happening, these stocks are already going to be through the moon. All right? So we want to buy them tight to the basis. That last gap down on the earnings call had to do with the fact that the management said they, they definitely see business turning in 2022, and they're going to have to take a bunch of their rigs out of mothball. So what happens is when drilling collapses, they don't, I mean, what do they do with the rigs? They decommission them and put them in like a warehouse and wait till the next cycle starts. When the next cycle starts, they have to recommission them, which costs money. So margins go down the first year of the new wave because CapEx goes up. Okay? So they made that comment on the last call, stock gap down. But that's actually bullish. So when we see these things break out in here, we're going to want to own this group. And the, the two best names are, are always HP and RIG on, in every cycle. Okay? Some of the other names might skyrocket. I think Precision Drilling had a big move. There's Precision Drilling already blowing out. And these patterns aren't as easy to buy. You can see they're wild and kind of woolly, but I think RIG and HP are the two top names for me. And so they're at the top of my list for acquisition next week, assuming that I want to increase my exposure. And that really is a big assumption. It depends on what the market's doing. All right? And then I'll wrap up with two technology names. Now, look, my whiteboard is full of innovative growth stocks. We haven't lost any money in the last X amount of months in these names. They've been getting destroyed, and our money has been not in them. Okay? We have a lot of cash in our portfolios. This is going to allow us to put money to work in some of these unbelievable growth stories at prices we couldn't imagine six months ago. They stay on my whiteboard. The whiteboard's for fundamental research. Just because the stock's down 50% doesn't mean the company's not great. It just means it's the wrong market for that stock. I like to tell you guys always the Yahoo example, right? When I first got into the business, it was 19, um, you know, officially in 1993. I graduated with a start work at Lehman Brothers when it was still a good name. And um, first thing I did was cover Yahoo at a investment conference, but it was the greatest idea ever. The stock was $30 a share, and within three months, it was 15 you know, on the way to 400 And I never forgot that. There was nothing wrong with the company. It was a great company. It dropped 50% in three months. It was a great story. It then went up to 400 in the next, you know, couple of years. So, is there something wrong with Roblox because the stock is down huge? No, there's nothing wrong with Roblox as a company. It's just Roblox, you know, it's just not a market for Roblox, which is fine with me because at some point, this thing is going to make a bottom on this uptrend, maybe like a bottoming wedge, and I'm going to be all over this stock, but it's not right now. But here are a couple of tech names that I find really compelling, here, okay? I think Intel is really compelling here. There's a perfect bottoming wedge on Intel. Okay? And don't, you know what? Do me a favor. Don't parrot back to me what analysts think about Intel and how Intel's never going to be able to regain blah, 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 blah. Okay? 
I remember all of those analysts telling me that AMD would never, ever again be able to compete with Intel, okay? If you guys have been doing this as long as I have, you know what I'm talking about. Intel and AMD, you know, every couple of years, one guy is outperforming the other guy, okay? So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with AMD, but what I am saying is um, people who are out there, analysts that talk about how terrible uh, Intel is and they'll never recover, those guys are just licking their wounds because they've been so wrong for so many years on Intel, and then they just quit, okay? And they'll be the same guys that will be out there when the stock's up 100% raising their price targets, okay? So total waste of time. This is where you buy shares of Intel. Perfect bottoming wedge, right at the 200. The 200-day moving average is the stop, okay, which is right in here. So the, the stop's not that far away. This thing could really move this year. I think they have a potential to, to have a, an outsized year, fundamentally. And here's the last stock before I get to your Q&A. This is one of my favorite companies, and this is no joke here. I'm not making this up. I have been making money off of Illumina since 2003. That's no joke. I mean, I've got a couple of investors I've been working with over the, you know, the years, decades. They still own the stock. On a split-adjusted basis, we own it at like $1.50 or something ridiculous, okay? So this has been one of the greatest growth stories of my professional career. And every time it sets up like this, I look to put money to work in the stock, okay? I think it's, it continues to be a huge story, Illumina. So last year, we bought it right here, and we made a lot of money. Then we bought it right here, and we made a lot of money, okay? And then we stopped it out right up here. On that gap down, we got stopped out. Booked our profit. The thing imploded. Now it's broken out again after a huge report last week. You should probably go listen to that conference call. And so my favorite thing to do on a big move up like this is I count day four as my entry point. So you have a huge up move, and it goes down one, two, three. It stabilizes. Tuesday, it should break back above the 200-day moving average. And when it does, it'll be in my portfolio. The stop is obviously the low of the big down bar. Um, excuse me, the low of the big up bar. So that's your risk, which is also the 50-day moving average. So it's not that huge, the risk. If it breaks below it, you're out. You take your loss. If it continues higher, um, this is a stock I always want to own when it sets up a pattern like that. So I hope you found this helpful today. Let's get to your Q&A, and thanks for um, spending your, your Saturday morning with me. All right, what do we got here? Morning, Brett. Should be a fun whiteboard day trading month. It sure should, Jeremy. There's a lot of great ideas. I mean, when it comes to day trading, though, I literally focus 100% of my efforts on trading the indexes. I like to trade the triple ETFs when I'm getting long and the double ETFs when I'm going short. Okay? When I go long, S&P, for instance, I'm buying SPXL or the Q's, TQQQ. And what I like to do is put on a position that will give me 100% upside from that entry point. So if the market goes up 1% from there, my whole portfolio will be up 1%, right? When I'm getting short, I usually do something like less than 50%. So my short positions are always smaller than my long positions. Those are just a couple of thoughts for you. Brian, it was a great week. I'm not beating myself up, Brian, but I, I, I just... And what we're talking about here is this S&P trade. 
that I didn't do at 1.30 in the afternoon yesterday, and I just wanted to put my fist through the computer. And, and, there, and the, the only reason why I say it is it's a marathon, Brian. If we're going to be a successful day traders, we have got to capture those moves because there's, there's going to be other days when we lose money. So when you get a move that's so obvious from a risk-reward standpoint, it's not a guarantee they go up, but the risk was small. If it went below the put wall, you'd get out, and the risk, you wouldn't have lost a lot of money. But the reward was enormous. It, I mean, it was so easy. That's what, you know, that's what really frustrates me. But you're right. No, and I appreciate you saying that, Brian. We had a great week. We had a great week last week. And we're going to have a great week this week coming up. So, I mean, we're just going to continue to focus on executing the strategy and trying to really divorce ourselves from any emotion or any expectations of what we think the market should do. You know, I think what really got, gets me at the end of the day yesterday is, I'm just so bearish inside. I mean, I'm making money long, but I really think the market's going down. And sometimes it, it stops me from putting a day trade on, which is wrong. Because that's got nothing to do. Well, the market could be cratering, and we're going to have huge up days day trading. So we've got to focus on that and capture that alpha. When the market's down all morning and you get that set up, what's, I mean, what's the risk? We have a ton of cash in the portfolio. Capture the alpha. That's what we've got to do. Alpha capture trades are just so key. Um, all right, so this is a good idea here, Eris. And so Zim is one of Eris, Armor Insider. He's one of our best analysts on the desk. Um, he's got us all over Zim. He's been 100% right about that trade. And it uh, had a real nice week last week. So I do see your um, – you've asked me about that. There's the, the chart on um, DAC. certainly fits. And so let's just – Instead of me getting um, my own opinions on market direction in the way of this discussion, all we're going to do is chart together. We're going to look at entry points together. Okay, so from here on out with Q&A, this is not about what I think the market might do next week. It's not about me being a bull or a bear. It's just about your ideas and looking for the correct entry point from a risk-reward standpoint. That's all we care about. What's the right entry point? What's the stop? And if it's on your whiteboard and you like it, put the trade on. That's how to use the information that I'm trying to share with you on the ARM report. So the, um, the setup is perfect, Aris. So I, can't, I couldn't agree with you more on that setup. Right? There's your – I'm not even going to you know, try to – I don't want to get in the way of, of my opinions on shipping. It doesn't make a difference. You're asking about that setup. That, that's the perfect setup on shipping. There's your strength. There's your weakness right to the 250-day, your stop would be that tail right there. So what's the, what's the risk? It's a small risk. And if you're correct and shipping continues to run, there's your entry point. So I, I couldn't agree more. Look at that. Look at that. Nice. All right, you're, you're, you're picking up what I'm laying down, Ares. And I appreciate it, brother, because you're bringing us in the Slack room, idea after idea like this. The more eyes on the market, the easier it is to find these setups. And then we don't have to chase. See, this is the beauty. This is the beauty of working together as a community, okay? If we can find enough setups like this, we don't have to chase other things. That's what happens, I find it myself, and you might find it too. You build your whiteboard of ideas. You have these great ideas. Some of them run away. Then you don't have enough ideas on the whiteboard. Your ideas have run away. What do I do? You go chase them because you can't find anything else, right? As an armor community, 
there's so many eyes on these chart patterns that we're starting to see them set up. And then we just go where the right setup is in the groups where we believe, you know, the, the themes that we believe in, right? So shipping's working. And here are two shipping ideas Ares is sharing with us with perfect setups. I mean, you know, if you, if shipping is on your whiteboard, you, there's no way you could argue with that setup. It's perfect. And the stop is clearly below a Friday. It goes below that low, you get out. That's, that is not a lot of risk. Takes off from here. It's a perfect entry point. So I think you're all over it, brother. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Eric. It's true. It's true. It's really been a, a great start to 2022 for us, no doubt. All right, how about Viacom? So there's nothing wrong. I'm glad, I'm glad that, you're, that you bother me about it, Dennis. I mean, that's, that's what we're all working together for because, um, you know, the old adage, nobody has a monopoly on a good idea. And so, you know, sometimes if an Armour Insider, you know, this is one of the uh, added bonuses for me. I didn't expect this, right? I started doing YouTube videos three years ago, started the Armour Report two years ago just for the fun of it. I never realized that I would get so much back from the Armour crew. You know, and whether it be an Erez or, or a Brian idea or whether it be you asking me to look at the idea over and over, it makes me focus. Right. And we, we've gotten we've captured some huge upside because of that. So don't ever apologize for asking me to focus more than once. But, the, the, you know, I'm looking for a certain chart pattern, the ones that you can see that I'm looking for. This is just not it right now. So is it going to keep rallying off below? It's possible. But um in order for me to buy a, a really beat up stock, first of all, something really um, bizarre happened here. So that always makes it difficult for me to buy a stock because what's happened is that all these people are trapped in the stock. So it takes a lot of time to get those people out of the stock. Now, that's, you could argue that that time has happened. So you might be right there. But for me, the best way to figure out has, the t ha has that happened. So in order to get all these people who got trapped out of the stock, you need time or price. And so you've gotten both. Okay. So maybe the time is there. So now what I look for is higher lows and higher highs, building a new base, Dennis. And that will tell me that, that the bottom is in. So this is the first move off the bottom. Then typically you'll see a pullback to test. You get a higher low and that's when you want to start buying Viacom. That's typically what I would look for, that's the armor investing way. So this brings up, you know, our favorite sector, you know, uh, cannabis. The, the reason that there's no entry point here, and I, I've yet to put money to work, is because there's no higher high or higher low. So right here we had a higher high, and then boom, new lows. So now we have to start all over again. So now here's a double bottom possibly, but you can't, you, you don't have a higher high, you can't break out. So there's still nothing happening on cannabis. And I feel like, we need to see that type of move on, um, oh, yeah, on, on uh, Viacom, M-T-O-R. Yeah, M-T-O-R. That's Brian. Brian, you're, you're so on the money on that idea that it's, it's scary. I can't, I can't wait to put that trade on. OIH. So OIH is running away from me, Saber. That's my problem, okay? When we were buying um, 
Exxon and the pipeline stocks, I needed to be buying OIH, and I did not do it. That's right here. The last day for me to buy OIH was right there on the 3rd of January, and I did not do it. And I regret that right now, So, I, but I can't chase it up here. So I go look into the service sector, and I see what's at that location that hasn't popped yet. And that's why I'm so interested in, for instance, um, HP. Tight to the base, really, I should have bought it yesterday. I should have bought it Friday, quite frankly. I just wasn't a buyer Friday, but um, that was an investment right there. Or, or oops, or rig. The, the, the drillers that are both in OHI haven't popped yet. And so that's why I'm more interested in, in them. But, you know, the whole energy space looks good. We've got the pipelines. We've got Exxon. You know, so I've got a decent percentage in there, but... Um, I'd like to buy more. What I need now is a pullback. So typically, if the market breaks down and we get a bear, you know, more of a bear market, these sickle stocks are going to get whacked for a week or two with the whole market as it plums down, okay? You get margin calls and things just implode and everything sells. The the stocks that are up get sold. Coming out of that, we're going to want to buy more energy stocks. You see what I'm saying? Like, the ones I'm not willing to chase right now, but when they pull back, down, then I'll look to add them to the portfolio. Hog. Oh, yeah, Harley-Davidson. I'm really interested in Harley-Davidson. I'm glad you brought this up. I haven't looked at this in a while. So I really appreciate another Armor Insider making me focus on, a, on an idea that I've forgotten about. So thanks a lot, Saber. Um, So this is the perfect setup. And the fact of the matter is hog is going, you know, uh, EV. It's an EV story that's yet to really get started. But you know it's going to be EV. And using their uh, um, brand, this is going to be a huge story at some point where margins are going up and sun. See, that's the beauty of the whole EV revolution. The margins for auto companies go up. And it drives these stocks, like you see this ridiculous move in, in a, a Ford, which I think is co- completely out of control. And so, but, but it shows me the direction of where money's flowing. That makes me look at GM, and it should really make us look at hog. So I, I like this idea. Um, it, it was on my whiteboard before I took it off. So somewhere in here could be interesting, but I would have to see this thing break out back above the 200 days. So you have to take this little green box off because it started to move and then it broke back below the moving average. So we have to keep our eye on that for next week. Okay. If this goes back above the 200 day, uh, yeah, the 200 day moving average, I can easily see, um, in fact, that would be a brilliant entry point for hog if it can go back above the 200 day. I got to write, I got to write this. So, we already have the MTOR on the list, and I got to put hog on the list. I, I really like that idea. GE, I got to do some more work on GE, but generally, if you're buying Boeing, you can buy GE. You know, they usually kind of run together. They've been consolidating for a while here. It's just not my favorite chart pattern, so I, I don't know what to do with that pattern right now. S-W-C-H. All right. 
right. Well, it has been performing well, LD, and I appreciate your your um, mention. So this is the kind of thing where I might do some research to see if I have an interest, but that chart pattern doesn't allow me to have an entry point. Both of those. I mean, they've been great stocks, but the entry points, you know, I mean, look, obviously the entry point is right here on SMCI. And so what we're trying to do is identify stocks in these locations so we could pick them off right here. When it popped above the 50-day, that was a day to buy that. That was a no-brainer entry point, and you would have gotten paid immediately. So what we got to find is more names like that. It had the strength in here. Then it had the pullback to the 250. Right there was the entry. Bang. You need to find stocks that are right there. Hey, Deb, nice to see you. Glad you're here. What do you think of ME and SoFi? All right, let's take a look. See, ME looks god-awful. God-awful. All right? There's, the, the, you know, so if you're asking my fundamental opinion, I don't have one on ME. I haven't done the work. If you're asking me for the, the technical picture and whether or not there's an entry point, you need higher lows and higher highs to tell you that the selling is finally over. So you don't have it there. I don't like the bottom fish. I have this on my whiteboard, SoFi, and I'd like to get long the stock. It tried to put in that bottom right there, and it failed. So I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, and that's why I put the green box in. That was the day you could have put a position on and said, well, maybe there's a bottom. But you would have had to take it off the minute it went below that big up bar. And generally what I like to do is there's a big up bar. You don't buy that day. You wait for three days, pull back, and the fourth day it goes up, you buy it. But in this fourth day, it broke down. Let's take a moment, information that I'm sharing with you and how to use it. You're following the stock. It has a big up day. What do you do? You don't buy the big up day. You let it consolidate day one, two, and three. And it's day four that you look for the continuation. If you're getting it, you get long. If it implodes like so far, you didn't miss anything and you didn't get suckered into that big up day. That's my gift to you. I've learned that over the years, and it will save you from a ton of heartache. But it will also get you on a blowout stock at higher prices that you might feel uncomfortable with because it's already up, but you gave it that three-day window to consolidate that big up bar to see, was that a real big up bar, or was it just some type of shenanigan short covering that gives way to new lows? Okay? So anyway, we got new lows in here, so there's just nothing I can do with SoFi right now. It's just not setting up the bottom I'm looking for. RDN. Radian. It's just not a pattern. I, I can get behind that pattern. It's just, there's nothing there for me. I wouldn't, even, I don't even think I would have bought it down here. So, not the entry point at the moment. Nokia. Nokia is a classic example of what I'm trying to share with you guys. In this market, you cannot chase anything. So buying Nokia up here, you, you know, where's your stop if you buy it up here, right? I'm not saying that you did, Dennis. I'm just saying you, you can't chase anything, particularly tech stocks in this market. So when it was running right in here, that was a time to be selling it at the prior high over here and having a quick, you know, swing trade. Because that's all you can get in a market like this right now. So 
the original entry point, if we were to chart this and, and buy it correctly, would have been this bar right here. Okay, so you have the run up in the stock, you have the pull back, breaking the downtrend, popping above the 50, there's your entry point. The stop would have been right here, the low of that bar. All right, so, you know, if I owned it here and it broke below the 50-day moving average and stayed below it for a day, I'd probably be out of it already. But if you're a longer-term investor, you don't have to be that strict. I would say you would use the low of the breakout bar as your stop at the, at the bare minimum. That would have to be your stop. You know, probably I would elevate my stop to break even at this point. So had I bought it right here and it's come back to where I bought it, I'd be gone for now and I'd be waiting for the next exit, uh, entry point. Freudian slip there. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Lena. And um, you were right there with us. We had lots of fun trading together, you and I. Yeah, I hear what you're saying on LHX, and I think you also brought to the table in the Slack room Lockheed Martin. And, and you know, I'm trying to find my way into Lockheed. I, I really like that Lockheed story. I, I just don't want to chase these names, and, and so I'm in jeopardy. But look at that. Look at that pennant formation, complete with a breakdown out of the pennant and reverse back above it. God, Lockheed looks really compelling to me. I'm just not willing to pay up for a stock. But look at the day it had Friday. That's, that's, that's amazing. So Lockheed and LHX, I, I just feel like I've missed the – LHX, that pattern, I can't buy that pattern. This type of blow-off and then collapse, it's too wide and loose for me. So I don't know what to do at LHX, but Lockheed Martin seems like a no-brainer. And that, you know, that funnels into my thoughts on Boeing, I mean, because Boeing is a defense stock. People forget that, and it's in a defense index. And as money rotates into defense stocks, you know, it's going to find its way into Boeing. General Dynamics, Northrop Grumman. Lockheed seems like a no-brainer. I just I don't know where to put that trade on. T-K-A-T. Let's see it. Ooh, Lord have mercy. I know we talked about this, Razzmatazz. I like the story. I did some research on it. I said, this is a good story. But A, I hate SPACs because that's what SPACs do to everybody. They just, they're just the worst investment vehicles of all time. Okay? And I said this when it was happening. And I'm not saying I got a lot of flack from you guys, but I mean, I got a lot of abuse from that saying, look, SPACs are terrible. They're terrible. They, they suckered people in with these massive moves in a stupid stock market when really it was just a setup for insiders to dump stock, and they just keep dumping stock. I mean, this, the SPAC is the worst thing that ever came to the market, in my personal opinion, and I'll stand by that. And I said it last year, and I think it's being proven here. So there are some great companies, and this is a great company. I think it's a great idea. But it was spacked into oblivion. And I haven't the slightest idea when this thing will end up coming on. You know, look at Butterfly. I love the Butterfly story. This is a great story. There's tons of stock that insiders want to dump whenever the price goes up. Don't get me started, man. It really annoys me. 
Oh, QuantumScape, what a great idea. It is. It's a great fundamental idea. It's been spacked. It's spacked in the bottom, and it can't even find the bottom. SEC is asleep on, on that whole idea. Oh, SLGG. Uh, oh, geez, I love this little story. I, I, but, I mean, obviously, it's not going up without Roblox. So there was a one, two, three entry point that failed, so you wouldn't be in the stock. And there, there's nothing new that's happened here. It's still in this triple downtrend. Fibonacci extension keeps going down. So you want to see it break above that third trend line and get above the 50-day moving average. But honestly, it's a <clears throat> SLGG to me is like a call option on Roblox. So when Roblox starts working again, that'll be the time to buy SLGG. And I don't think you'll have to do it first. You'll start, we'll start, we're going to start making money in Roblox, and then I'll say, hey, it's time to buy Slag. You know, that's, that's how that's going to work. Roblox and Unity. Aerospace. Boy, I bet they got a huge slug of Boeing in there, right? It looks like a Boeing chart pattern. Maybe that is the way to do it. Uh, obviously, there must have a huge percentage in, in Boeing because that looks like a Boeing chart pattern. But that could be a really interesting idea. Remember my old friend Kratos? Boy, I wonder where that stock is. Oh, it just keeps going down. The beauty of the stop loss. There's no chart. There's no reason to buy that stock. Yeah, I love WDC. We had this idea, and the market got me out of it, and I certainly won't buy it here. But remember, we talked about it right, right in here. I mean, this, this, this was the location to, to buy it right in here. We tried it, and it kind of didn't work, and I got out of it. But clearly, when it popped above the 200-day, right there, oh god, that was the entry point. Now it's up here. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. What's Micron doing? Because it kind of follows Micron. There's another perfect entry point that I'm not in right now. And so this is why I'm trying to highlight these entry points with you so we can fill out our portfolio. You know, a small part of me, I don't want to whisper this because it's, it's armor report sacrilegious, okay? But a small part of me um, wants to use the risk monitor a different way and say that the risk monitor is red so I'm always going to carry some cash in the portfolio. But I could see building a portfolio in this market, even though the risk monitor is red, smaller position sizes, and just buying patterns like that. You know, and, and if we get to the time where the market rolls over and collapses, you're going to be taking losses on all of those names because these chart patterns won't save you when the market is, is, is you know, breaking down. That's a guarantee. I mean, it, it all get wrecked. But if this ends up being a rotation market all year where cyclicals run all year, I'm going to have to get over my concerns for the market. You know, so I own Deer, Caterpillar, MGA, VC, you know, Exxon, the pipelines. I mean, we just keep building out our portfolio, buying right, tight to the base, could be buying GM, Boeing, and Hog next week. I mean, there's not a lot of risk there if we're willing to accept the fact 
that this is the part, this is the hurdle for me. I think the market's going down a lot this year. That's my problem. So I don't want to put a lot of money out. And yet I see these unbelievable chart patterns setting up. You know? In my experience, when the market goes down, it captures everything. And let me just take you to this um, little picture here that really concerns me. So if we're going to make money in all of these cyclical stocks, we cannot have the Dow break down from a classic rising wedge. This is a classic rising wedge. And I see all these great chart patterns, and I want to put money to work. But if that follows through the downside next week, it's good night nurse on the cyclical stocks. That's the problem for me. So anyway, I'm going to leave you guys with that, that thought. Are we in a rotation? We've all identified in this Q&A session some great-looking chart patterns. I'm willing to say let's put money to work, but you've got to recognize the risks that are out there. Use the correct stop. Don't chase anything. Be willing to exit if you see that rising wedge break down. Okay? If you want to know what I'm talking about when a rising wedge breaks down, just look at momentum stocks. Okay? Just look at the IBD 50. It gets ugly quick. These are rising wedges. And what's holding up the market are the cyclical stocks, which are basically the Dow, the Dow Industrials, right? Now, that didn't stop me from buying Dow Chemical last week, right? We all added Dow Chemical. Look at Dow Chemical breaking out. We have a better than 5% yield, or I think it's 4.8% yield we captured. Okay? So we could put the money to work, but we've got to commit to the fact that if the selling gets started, we lift these positions out. And, you know, you, you raise your stop to break even, and you say, i got to protect principal. That's the only thing holding me back from adding a bunch more of these names. And hey, I might add them next week. The market holds up. I might add these names. Tight to the bases. Brilliant looking chart patterns. See if we can make some money. Okay? I'll let you guys figure out how you want to run your own portfolio. Do your own due diligence. Figure out your risk tolerance. I'll see you all next week. Same time, same station. Armor Insiders, I can't wait to start chatting with you. 8.30 Tuesday morning, right? We have a day off on Monday. So everybody relax, enjoy some football, have a great weekend, go Cowboys, and I'll see you guys on the flip side.